What if your life was a dance? What if you could learn to perform it with grace and power? My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to be your partner as we choreograph the dance of life. Join me as we share in some of the most meaningful life lessons and strategies that I've discovered in my career as a professional athlete and entrepreneur. We'll talk business, transformation, gratitude, and everything in between as we dance our way through life. Together, we'll learn and navigate life's changes and dance to whatever the music is playing. Are you ready? It's time for the dance of life. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. As you can see, this is a new name for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are new, check out the last episode that I posted. It's episode 100. kind of summarizes the last year or so of this podcast. It used to be called The Seven Transformations. So if you've been here a little bit of a, a time, you'll know that. You'll notice that change. But anyway, I, I decided to change the name. It's a new idea, new vision, new directions, a little more in alignment with who I am and, and what I do. So thank you so much for joining me. I can't believe it's 2019. It's it's This is like the year of the flying car. It's absolutely insane. And it's exciting. You know, it's really, I'm excited to see where this year is going to go. I hope you feel the same way. And if you've been with me for, you know, a while, at least, you know, for even since the beginning, I mean, I started this show with no clue about podcasts, no clue about anything. I had like three downloads on my first episode. And now I'm up to like 20,000 downloads. I'm on Insight Timer. I've got like 50,000 plays on there, you know, so really exciting stuff. I'm very excited and grateful and really more about gratitude here. Grateful to be able to share what I believe, what's effective for me, what's useful for me with you and to to help improve the quality of your life and and your decisions through what I've learned and vice versa. You know, I've, I've learned so much from the people I've interviewed, from the people who listen to the show and give me feedback. It's been a wonderful ride. So thank you so much for joining me. Just thought I'd open this episode with a little bit of gratitude. But you know what? Let's get started right away. This this is the first episode of the year. I'm super stoked. And you know, around this time of the year is is a good time to set new intentions. And you know, what do you see for yourself this year? What do you want to achieve? What's possible? You know, and what's uncomfortable? And a lot of times around this time of the year is a good time for fitness goals. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people get super motivated after the holidays and, you know, want to get back in shape and all that stuff. So I thought I would uh, blog or, or journal about my experience with uh, shredding and getting, you know, ripped and, and so on, that whole process. I'm not as ripped now, I guess, because I've, I've kind of taken a little bit of a break over the holidays, but uh, basically just give you a rundown. I mean... For people who know me, I, I did like this kind of photo shoot last year with one of my best buddies, Elisha, and we basically, we were working out for like two years, and we basically did a photo shoot. We we did the whole, you know, cut out all your carbs, get super, you know, get your body fat low. I went, we went on a whole shred plan, which I'll post in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing, but never again, man. That was That was a whole another level. And so basically through that whole process, I learned quite a lot. You know, it was, it was a, a very educating process about food, about gratitude, about discipline. And uh, I wanted to share that. So this is what this episode is about. It's about my lessons from that two-year experience. So I'll go ahead and start with a story. I mean, pretty much I, I started working out 
I mean, I've been, you know, I've been a professional athlete for, you know, well over 10 years. I'm a professional ballroom dancer, but you know, this type of athleticism with lifting weights and, you know, trying to gain muscle and stuff, that's, that was a little different. So back in 2016, uh, I started going back to the gym in November with my buddy, Elijah, you know, we both worked together at the time at the same company and the gym was really close by to our job. It was like literally walking distance. And around that time I had just ended a, you know, relatively meaningful relationship. I was engaged at the time. And so, you know, it was one of those life transitions. So I was like, right, you know, I have more time now. So I want to, I always wanted to gain a little more muscle. I always wanted to get a little bigger, you know, whatever in my frame and, you know, let's do it. I got nothing holding me back now at this point, as far as time commitments or anything like that. So you know, that was around that time of my life, I was also starting to journal about gratitude. I used to have my first blog uh, and started writing about gratitude and and really just trying to force myself into being as grateful and productive as possible so I don't spiral into unproductive thoughts and wallowing and, you know, all the stuff that's normal when you go through a life transition uh, like that. And in many ways, that whole time was a creative beginning for a lot of the things because my time being freed up, it was really just me. You know, I didn't have anybody else I need to be accountable for anymore. So I had a chance to really develop my creativity, you know, myself, you know, so those kind of things are really valuable. Anytime that you go through a life change, uh, you know, it's painful. It's not easy, obviously, but always try to be, I, I, I talk about resourcefulness, always try to be resourceful. And what my definition of resourcefulness is in this case is to extract the opportunity out of every situation that's, you know, that's happening to you. If it's a negative situation, try to find a purpose for it. You know, try to create a purpose for it. Try to find a lesson in it. Try to find a meaning in it. And and that's so that you can use it to to get yourself out of that situation, to get yourself moving forward, to take action, to do something and divert all of that energy into a more productive way. You know, because it's it's not so much feeling sad or, you know, getting angry or or losing something. You can't control those things. Those things happen up and down. You know, that's life. But where the problem is when we have a major life transition is getting derailed and staying there. You know, getting derailed for like, you know, two months, three months, a year, whatever, you know, there's, that's very common. And, and you want to avoid that because at the end of the day, life is short. Time is something you never get back. So you have to try to be as resourceful as possible uh, and, and move forward. So that was me, you know, back in 2016, November. And we started going back to the gym and basically it, it was fun. You know, at first it was just a, a fitness goal. It was, I didn't have a purpose with it. You know, I just started going back to the gym and as we started being consistent, it went like three times a week, you know, there started becoming goals in my mind. I was like, you know, let me see if I can get to my all time like childhood goal. Like I used to go to the gym. I used to go to the YMCA with my with my childhood friends, you know, Garrett and Sebastian. If Sebastian's listening to this, then shout out to him. But it was, you know, back in like, you know, sixth, seventh grade and one of our friends, Garrett, his older brother, Gentry, uh, you know, he was like this, you know, ripped dude. And, and, you know, he could bench press at least two plates, two 45 pound plates on each side. And, and to us at the time when we were in sixth grade, it was like, wow, you know, that's like God, you know, that's, that is the ultimate right there. And, you know, even just to get to one plate on each side was like an achievement. So for me to do two plates 
would be like, okay, you know what? Like I'm done. If I can do that, I don't care to be bigger than that. Like I don't care to be stronger than that. Like that's my, that's my universal benchmark. So that became the new goal, you know? And, uh, and sure enough, you know, it, it happened, which was a very big surprise to me. You know, I ate, ate consistently, went to the gym three times a week, had protein shakes, took supplements, all that stuff, you know, and eventually, sure enough, you know, you get to the point where what seemed impossible at one point, uh, you know, you could do it. And I did, was able to do squats with two plates on each side. And uh, I think I did, the most I did was like four, maybe four presses with two 45 pounds on each side. So that's like, what, 225, something like that. So yeah, that was that was a big achievement. You know, I felt really good about that. And at that point, once once I reached that goal, uh, it, it was like, okay, now what, <laughs> you know? So that's how we always are, right? We always have another carrot to shoot for. And as I was working out, obviously, you know, keep in mind, I still worked full time, you know, teaching dance lessons and competing professionally with my partner. We're practicing 10 hours a week. So at some point it all started to get too much. I mean, it's like right now I'm complaining that I'm not in shape in the sense that I haven't been working out as much. I took a break over the over the winter break. But, you know, at that time, for a long time, <laughs> as I was working out for these two years, I was like on the other end of it. Like I was working my body, you know, to the limit, man. I mean, between practicing professionally as a dancer, between going to the gym, I mean, teaching students, I was active like 25, 30 hours a week, like physical, you know, active. So my body was definitely feeling it. And it got to be too much. I'm like, you know, I can't keep lifting weights if I'm this committed to dancing. So I needed to have an endpoint. And this is important in anything. And it plays into the conversation about the new year too. You know, when you have a new year and you're planning in general when you're planning, but let's say with the new year, when you're planning your new year, uh, when you're planning and making goals, you know, there's there's the dreaming part where you have to create at it from your imagination and be limitless. But then when you when you start to narrow that down, it's important to have benchmarks. It's important to have completion dates. You know how I always ask my students when I'm goal planning with them, you know what what is going to tell you what is one way or at least several that you will measure the success you know how, that you will achieve. So if I want to go to a competition, you know, and let's say whatever it's my first time in in a particular category, how will I measure that I'm successful because you can't rely on your placement, you know, that that's one of them, but that's subjective. You know, you could be, you could perform really poorly that day and that may not be a reflection of your actual skill. So there has to be multiple ways, both subjective and qualitative that you evaluate, you know, your performance. And also one of them is, okay, how will I feel complete about this? How will I feel complete about this experience? You have to constantly evaluate that in your life because if you don't if you don't ride a project to its completion to what you feel is complete if you don't ride a project to that level you know you're going to live with the regret of not having finished it and that's going to transfer into something else so you need to a define what does it mean for for it to be complete for you and and ride it to completion you know so that that's important don't leave incompletions in your life this is something that i've learned and you know, I still have plenty, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's something that drives me to have things complete because you feel at peace, you feel accomplished, you get rewarded for that. 
you know, and, and you don't get overwhelmed either. If you, if you start to just start things, but never finish them, uh, it really takes a toll on your confidence, doesn't it? You know, it takes a toll on your own ability to achieve, you know, when you start a bunch of stuff and you never finish it, what you're telling yourself subconsciously is I can't finish this, you know? So when something important that you really want to finish comes along, it's going to be difficult, you know? So, so for me at that point, I was coming to the point where I'm like, all right, this is too much. I need, you know, I need to get out with this and be done with it. So what is it going to mean it being done for me? So, you know, we, at first we said, you know, let's make a, let's go to a fitness competition. I've never done that in my life. That would be fun. Just as an experience, it'll, you know, it's a thing you get ready for. And then I can say, okay, I'm done. You know, that's it. So we, we decided to do a fitness competition although we never did it, you know, so basically what happened was we kept moving the date, (laughs) we kept pushing it. And, you know, it was quite a bit of preparation too, especially with everything else going on in our life. So as we kept moving the date, a lot of other things started shifting uh, in my life, you know, and most notably last year, I mean, I, I got fired, I ended my relationship with the company I was working with. And it was, it was a situation that happened out of my control much earlier than I anticipated. So I jumped into the self-employment world, um, you know, relatively unprepared in that sense. So at that time, you know, to go and spend 300 bucks on, you know, a, a fitness competition, that wasn't something that was necessarily in alignment with my finances or goals. So it kept getting pushed over and pushed over. And then when I, I regained myself financially after a couple months, um, you know, I was like, you know what, man? when we had one of our friends drop out, it's just me and you now, let's just, let's just do a photo shoot. You know, it's, it's going to cost probably that much anyway, you know, but regardless, at least we have some nice pictures. We can control the lighting, whatever, you know, we can get something that we can look back on and say, all right, I'm done. So it's some level of completion. It's not just like, okay, I'm done working out and then boom, see you later. So we decided to make like something artistic out of it. So you know, we had a photographer friend, Kathy, and she did an awesome job. I posted some of those pictures on my social media. If you follow me on Instagram, I have some of these, um, you know, like these little motivational cards that I post every day. So you'll see one, one or two on there on my website. I got the picture. So anyway, they're, they're artistic photos. They're fun. It was, it was a fun experience. You know, I mean, like I said, the, the last week before we, we cut out all of our carbs, you know, the last day before I cut out salt and water and all this stuff. I mean, it was, it was a, a real deal. We really got the full experience of, you know, trying to train for something that, you know, you're presenting your body in a way, obviously we didn't do the fitness competition, but you know what, by, by having committed to the diet and to, to all those other things, I really feel complete with it. And that's all that matters, you know, and I got a lot of decent pictures out of it. So I'm pretty proud. I can look back and say, all right, I was ripped at one point in my life. (laughs) So, you know, with all that said, you know, that's, that's pretty much the, the story of it. I'm not so much planning to go back to the gym at that level of intensity anytime soon, but I definitely learned a lot. And the first thing, the first group of lessons to share with you is really the gratitude. You know, when you when you take away anything, when you take away food, when you take away water, when you take away money, whatever else, anytime you take away something, it is a golden opportunity to really build appreciation. And especially in this case with, uh, with the eating, I mean, oh my God, you know, you couldn't eat 
the salt was the hardest part. I can tell you the carbs were difficult. You know, I love carbs, but the salt, you know, not eating salt for like two days was, was monstrous. I mean, that was like super difficult. And you think back, like, you know, it was like people 500 years ago, whatever, you know, before all these spice trades and before all the things that we take for granted are available, people were, you know, the, the, to have salt and pepper was like, holy smokes, that's like a big deal, man. I mean, you're royalty, you know, or even seasonings like fennel or all any anything else, soy sauce, whatever. You know, all these things were such a luxury and we have them, you can go, I could literally go to Walmart right now and... You know, salt is like the cheapest thing in the world. Pepper is the cheapest thing in the world. Seasonings, unless you're getting like saffron, you know, most of those things are super affordable for anybody and they can enhance any kind of food like that. The ability to enhance your food, you know, uh, we have everything that's seasoned these days. Anything you buy usually will have seasoning in it already. So you kind of take all that stimulation uh, for granted, you know. So they really brought that present to me like, wow, you know, like just having salt, you know, or seasoning, uh, is such a, a gift and, and to enjoy it. And with that too, your senses are something to be grateful for too, because I'll be honest, like when it comes to food, I'm like all about seasonings and spices and all kinds of stuff. I love variety when it comes to food. I love spice. I love, you know, shock value. <laughs> so when it comes to food, I I tend to overstimulate myself. You know, I'll be honest, like I really uh, go for it. So, you know, one thing that this whole experience taught me is that, or I should say even just reminded me, you know, that to eat mindfully, you know, to eat, I don't have to eat and stimulate my my senses so much, you know, that like, for example, the last day, before, I think it was like Friday or Saturday that we did it. But the last day before I had literally just like cod, like baked cod and like salad. That's it. No oil, no, maybe a little vinegar, but like, that's it, you know? And you, (laughs) you start to really be present to the flavor of that, you know? And there's not much, but if you, after a week of doing that, you really are like, wow, you know, and, and you're starving yourself too. So any food you do get, it's like you're hyper present to the experience. And I think that's the value of, of fasting. It makes us grateful for those little things, you know, the, the, little, the little things in life that, that we have so easily accessible. Like I said, like little seasonings or having a meal when you are hungry. There's so many people that are, that are hungry and they're not, able to eat, you know, it really made me present to that struggle. I never really, thankfully, never really had to deal with that too much in my life. I mean, I was pretty much a broke college kid like anybody else, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I still ate. So being hungry, uh, you know, like one thing for me, if I'm hungry, I'll go eat you know, right away. I, I'm not one of those type of people usually that will forget to eat. It's It's a very strong motivator for me. So you know, not being able to eat when I want to was a, a very big lesson for people. It reminded me of people who who can't eat when they want, you know, and to, to have that struggle of being hungry. And it sucks, man. It is a basic primal need, you know. So it really made me grateful for all those things. And it brought up a lot of myths too. You know, when you're eating, and most of the time, I mean, for most people, I would say for most people, I don't know, but for me, 
at least emotions are very much tied to food in a sense that like, I don't, I should say, I should clarify Like I don't eat if I'm like depressed or anything like that, or if I'm angry, but more in the sense, like as soon as I'm hungry, my mind, I'm very creative. It starts running on like pictures. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have that. And you know, I start painting this picture in my mind that's very detailed and I'm getting excited, like a little dog wagging its tail you know, so there's an emotional investment in food. Like I love eating. I love, you know, eating with other people is nice too. You know, you have that company. So there's definitely an emotional relationship to food. And when, when you have to restrain yourself, you, you have to untrain that, you know, because there are times when you get hungry and say, well, I can't eat right now. <laughs> so you have to, you have to bypass that instinctual picture painting, you know, with your with your mind to say, no, I can't, you know, and that whole process, uh, really for me, because I am an emotional eater in that sense, you know, I I really get into eating. I love eating. The whole myth for me before this was that, oh, I can't live without food or I can't, you know, I can't be without food and, and having to be disciplined, having to circumvent that thought, having to think twice, you know, having to use other things like tea, breathing, you know, all these different things. You know, when I went to the Tony Robbins event in November here in uh, Phoenix, it was like a one day event. It was just, I think he was at the end. It wasn't like solely Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins really killed it. And one of the things that it reminded me of is, you know, food is not the main fuel that you have. It's not your breath, your posture, your attention level, you know, whether you're, you know, what's your state of being? Is it cold? Is it warm in the room? There's so many other things that relate to your energy. Food is important, but it is not as important as I had made it. You know, like for me, I was like, oh my God, I have to eat. Otherwise I'm going to die, you know? And it's not like that. You know, you don't need that much food. I just read an article today that confirms something that I believe for a while I practiced is that you, we've been eating way too much protein than we actually need, you know, and granted, everybody's different based on your needs. But if you're not really active, you know, you don't need to be eating that much protein and everybody's crazy about protein. But the same thing, you got to think like we did not evolve with 150 grams of protein available to us every single day, you know? So at the end of the day, it's what you feel you need and what you actually need. They're very different. And this was a big wake up call for me, especially with food and reminding me that, you know what, I don't have to eat as much. I really don't, you know, and actually I felt much better, you know, believe it or not, when you eat less, there's been a direct correlation study. One of the longest ones, I think, that has, you know, proven that there's a direct correlation between caloric intake and longevity. Like the less calories you eat in general, the longer you will tend to live because your body is not working as hard to digest things. We spend a lot of you know, energy and effort on digestion. That's why digestion is such a big part of your health scheme. Whatever that is, you got to take your probiotics, got to eat your fiber, got to drink your water, make sure you're drinking hot tea to keep everything warm, you know, avoid junk food, all that stuff. Like keep your digestive system strong. That is like the the core, literally and, and metaphorically, of your health, you know. So your digestion uses a lot of resources, enzymes, you know, nutrients always seems to break food down and to, to make sure that you assimilate that. So 
oftentimes when we eat these huge meals and we eat way too many calories, the body is working way over time because it's not evolved for that. It's not evolved to be stacking 2,000 calories you know, in your stomach every day uh, in one meal. So anyway, it was, it was a good reminder of those things. And it's funny because I tell my students a lot about the stuff that I'm sharing with you. And through this experience, because it was new, it wasn't a dance competition. It wasn't something I've done before. It was a new experience that I was training for, so to speak. I got to experience some of those things that I tell my students and I talk about a lot, you know, like for example, highlights, you know, highlight, at least in the, in the dance world and how we talk about it here, it means like a, a, an event you're, you're training for, like a competition, a show, whatever. It's a highlight, you know, something you're looking forward to. And every time I have somebody that I train for that, I always, you know, tell them like, look, you know, these things go by instantly, whether you get first place or last place they're going to be gone forever. You know, after a minute, two, five, ten, whatever, they're gone forever. They're gone so quickly. And it's all about the process and what you create within yourself. It's not so much about the highlights themselves. And it blew me away because as I was training for that photo shoot, especially that last week where the, you know, dieting and stuff like that, man, I could not wait for it to be over. Like I literally could not wait for it to be over. And then suddenly it was over. Suddenly I was at Raising Cane's eating fried chicken with Elijah and, you know, looking back on the experience, you know? So it's, it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy how time flies. And it was a great reminder of that, that, that your highlights, the things that you're looking forward to, you're putting yourself out there, they go by in a snap. So, you know, train for them hard, make sure you complete them, shoot for the stars. But remember that at the end of the day, it's the process. It's what's in, inside of you that that generates those new highlights. That's the more important part, you know, and it's never perfect. It is never perfect because there's always another, you know, level to go. You know, when we, <laughs> it was a huge, that was another huge lesson because for example, when we uh, went to get our, our photos done, you know, there's so many things in your mind that you think you're going to do, but it doesn't work out that way because there's a lot of other variables that you know, you don't have experience with, for example, lighting. It took us like an hour to figure out the best lighting to make us look, you know, the way we wanted to look. And, you know, granted, we weren't huge either. It's a lot easier in that sense. I mean, we were, you know, we we're in decent shape. And when you're posing, I literally was posing for like an hour in front of my mirror at home. And, uh, you know, you're practicing all these poses. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to be, you know, super <laughs> planned here. And see what looks best. And then when you get there and you do that, the lighting is different than in your bathroom. So, you know, tough luck. You know, it's not it's not what you look like. And some of the pictures at first went because the lighting was off. It's like, holy smokes, it looks like I haven't even been working out. You know, like, what the heck? So, you know, there was the lighting. It was also really cold in the studio. So all those veiny, you know, shots that we wanted to get, not so much. You know, I have pretty good veins on my arms and my body, but... uh you know, when you're cold, everything constricts. So you couldn't see anything. So that was like, well, I didn't think of that. You know, you, you think about the, you know, the, the dehydration or whatever, like the amount of body fat you need to have. I I got to my goal, you know, my goal was to get to about 168 or sorry, 165 and 8% body fat. So by the end, by my last day of the gym, I weighed myself, I was like 168 
and like 9% body fat or 10% body fat. So I think with all the dieting and stuff, I definitely reached my goal. So that was nice, but still, you know, to on the guide, for example, the one that I'm going to post in the show notes for this episode, you know, you, <laughs> you look, you look at the guy on the cover of the guide and he's like jacked. I mean, he's like somebody put a vacuum cleaner under his skin, you know, and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I'll look like that. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, like we, I must've been down, especially with dehydrating and stuff. I mean, I was for sure down to like 8% body fat and you know, it was, I looked, I was happy with how I looked, but it didn't, it didn't match what I had in my mind. You know, the expectation I was like, oh, I was going to be super jacked, but it doesn't work that way. You know, you need to have a lot more muscle mass and you need to be even more strategic with your dieting and probably, you know, we were a little lenient with our dieting. I think we probably should have been doing it for several more weeks, you know, and build up to what we did. We kind of were eating, 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 and then the last week, you know, cut everything out and, and do that. So I don't think that was the most optimum way to do it. Uh, but again, it's not something, it was the first time you don't think of those things. And that's the same thing with anything. Whenever you do something the first time, uh, it's never perfect. It's never going to be perfect. There's so many levels of adjustment that come with it. And again, going back to the general idea of this, it's, you got to decide at what level of, of perfection, <laughs> of, of excellence is enough for you. At some point it has to be enough. I, you know, there's a, I'm a perfectionist in everything I do. If you look at my website, if you look at everything, I'm very detail oriented. I, I'm constantly striving to really, you know, get all those, you know, ducks, ducks in a row. But at some point you have to say it's good enough, you know, and that's with anything, especially if you own your own business, there's a fine balance between having a standard of excellence and really, you know, making sure every little piece is reflecting what you feel is complete and the best and getting caught up in creating everything to be so, you know, perfect that you never get anything done. So it's a fine balance. There's definitely no right formula for it, but you have to constantly be mindful of those two extremes and play between them. I think that's really the key is just be able to play between them. So, you know, in closing, I want to remind you that as this year comes into play, we're in 2019. Like how crazy is that? I, I can't, I still can't get my head over that. Like I still feel like I'm in 2002 or 2003 or something. I'm stuck in mentally in that, in that year. I really cannot believe it's 2019, but you know, this is a great time to reinvent yourself. It's a great time. I always say you're just one step away from a totally different life. Isn't that cool? Like we live in a constantly changing world where you have the ability to do that. You have the ability to change your life with just one choice. So, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And with that, you have to look ahead and decide what is it that you want and what is, when is it going to be complete for you? You know, when is it going to be complete? Never doubt, never doubt the power of impermanence, which is change, which is the system we live in. Never doubt the ability of impermanence to bring the impossible to your doorstep. You know, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be able to bench press two plates on each side. I really never didn't, you know, and I got to doing it. And then it, by the time I got to doing it, it was like normal. It wasn't like a surprise anymore. You know, I'm going to have an episode about that too in the future. I'm going to call it uh, Demystifying the Avalanche. That's a really cool idea. But basically the idea is 
you know, the process is all that matters. You know, when we see an avalanche, we we tend to be surprised by it. We tend to be shocked by these changes because that's what we're evolved to do. We're evolved to notice change that's meaningful and give our emotions to that. If something moves a lot, that's more important than something that doesn't really move. Doesn't mean it's that way, but that's how we interpret it. But really, when you see an avalanche, you know, you're just seeing the avalanche. You're not actually, you're not perceiving all the snowflakes and calculating all the snowflakes that had to land on that part of the mountain until that point where it just crumbled all and, and fell. You know, if, if you were to see all that, then you wouldn't be surprised by the avalanche. You would know it's coming from like 100 years ago. You know, so that's the point is that uh, don't, don't doubt the, possi- the probability, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, the possibility of impermanence to bring the impossible to you with consistent work at anything. Consistent work at anything will pay off. And if you are consistent and aware and constantly re- reevaluating, you know, reevaluate why you're doing it. You know, like for example, with me with this whole shredding journey, it, it meant something for me at the start. It was about, you know, clearing my mind, getting back into gratitude, getting back into my self-confidence. You know, it didn't have a specific meaning beyond that. And then it came to something more specific. Okay, I want to do a fitness competition or okay, let's do a photo shoot. So it leads to a completion point. So what you're doing and why doesn't have to be specific necessarily, like how you're going to complete it, but you should at some point while you're taking action on that new vision, on that new direction, you should at some point come to the point where you say, okay, what, what is going to be complete for me with this? Because it can never end. I mean, that's, you know, and if it's something you're truly in love with, then it never does end. You know, I was never really in love with the gym. I think it's, it's fun, especially if you have a friend you're going with, that's cool. But I was never really in love with it. So for me, I needed a completion point. You know, I'm in love with dancing, with teaching, at least for the time being. So, you know, there may be a completion point, you know, for that. But when I'm, you know, too old to do it, who knows? But, you know, whatever I'm doing with the podcasting, I'm in love with that for now. I don't know what the completion point is. You know, maybe there is one in the future. But at the end of the day, you have to find that vision first. And once you find it, then you determine how is it going to be complete for you after you take some action on it and decide. You know, what? what is it? Yeah, I heard a great quote. I don't know if it was a quote, but somebody said this. You, How do you know when it's time to quit something? And it's basically when you stop believing in it. When you don't believe in, it, in something anymore, that's when it's time to quit. If you still believe in it, then it's not time to quit yet. You know, that's how you measure quitting. Because really, if you're doing something and you don't believe in it, then there's no point of doing it. You know, with the gym... I had something to believe in. At first, it was like, okay, this is helping me. This is fun. I'm going with a friend. Or my reason is it's helping me with my gratitude or it's helping me look better, you know, whatever. I had a reason. Once I fulfilled those reasons, you know, there wasn't a strong belief to, con- to help me overcome the cost. There's always a cost to everything. So your belief is how you pay off that cost. And if your belief is, you know, it's a simple equation. The cost is $5, and if you only believe in $4, then, you know, you're going to be racking up debt, and that debt is regret, you know, or anxiety or fear or whatever other negative emotion about what you're doing and, and not being in alignment with it, you know, so your belief has to outweigh the cost to what you're doing, period, otherwise you won't do it. So, 
Closing thoughts. Appreciate the little things. Be grateful for food. Eat slowly. It is not the most important source of energy. Remember that you can breathe. You can drink hot tea. You can meditate. There's a lot of other things, good posture, that control your energy. If you have a problem, you know, like like me with, with emotionally you know, being attached to food, uh, you know, maybe you should try a fast. It was a really enlightening experience. So I'll post that shred guide in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super excited for this year. It's going to be amazing. I've got some interviews that I'm still going to be dripping out in the next couple of weeks from last year. Some awesome people that I interviewed, uh, you know, I got coming up next week. It's going to be Gina Poller. She's a certified grief recovery specialist. Uh, you know, I've got some, you know, speakers. I've got some uh, artists. Really cool. Just a wide variety of people that I interviewed last year. I did about 48 interviews last year. So I'm still going to be doing some of those. I've also got some video interviews planned for this year. So stay tuned for those. You know, that's definitely a whole nother level. Um, so I'm going to be looking into doing that. I got some cool, like documentary style things that I want to post. Um, so yeah, if you, if you follow me on inside timer, I've been dropping a lot of my music and guided meditations on there. If you're into that, check it out. It's inside timer. You can actually link to it, uh, through my website, like through the direct site and follow me there. So anyway, all that stuff is good. A lot of really exciting stuff happening. And let me know your feedback. You know, this is going to be a new year. I've got a lot of new things that I'm doing with this podcast that I want to do. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm going to be, you know, trying to grow it a lot more and incorporating a lot more things, different types of content, different types of involvement. I would love to start a Facebook group. You know, I wanted to start one at the beginning of the year, but I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not really sure about it just yet. Uh, So let me know if that's something you guys would want to do. You know, shoot me an email and let me know what your thoughts are. If you have ideas for future episodes, let me know with that too. So I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me in the beginning of this year. And I hope you're having an awesome year. It's already the 18th. So I hope you've already made your New Year's resolutions. If not, get to it and decide what is it going to be complete for you this year? What What is that going to mean? What is, what's the benchmark that you can cross off that will make you feel complete with what you're doing? So Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome day and we'll see you next week. You're listening to the Dance of Life podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. Join me weekly as I discuss my most meaningful life lessons and strategies on entrepreneurship, transformation, gratitude, and how to dance your way through life. For the latest content and bonus material, make sure you get subscribed using your favorite listening platform. And if you like today's episode or want to contribute to a future episode, share your ideas and keep the conversation going at danceoflife.com. And remember, life is short, so you might as well learn to dance your way through it. Until next time, I'm Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life.